In a valley of rainbows, with scorpions so lethal you die in minutes, a new threat hatches. It's Gamera versus Baragon. scene but uh oh yeah the scorpion <laughs> scene is classic alex it's pretty good classic. it's pretty good and when he shoots that scorpion looked pretty good Looked pretty good <laughs> it did it did <laughs> all the blood in this film looks pretty good all the insides <laughs> of all the monsters <laughs> yep and that's what we're here for insides of monsters <laughs> exactly <laughs> welcome back though to the monsters versus men podcast we're trying our best to stay alive here at the bargain basement of the Kaiju Podcast Airwaves. How are you doing, Alex? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good over here. How about you? I am A-OK, ready to talk about Gamera versus Baragon this week. Oh, yeah. What a movie. I'm, I'm hoping you enjoyed it maybe a little bit more than last week's uh, start to the series, Gamera, Alex. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I may have. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Uh, Old teaser. Should yes. we get into it then? Yeah, let's let's, let's jump in. Because we do have some guests yes. coming in. So we're trying to so, bring them on as quickly as possible because we're we so will, eager. We will bring them on. Yeah, we are eager uh, to get these guys in here. Not one, but two amazing guests. But we'll get there, Alex. We'll get there. One day. With a significantly bigger budget and a new director, Shigeo Tanaka, Gamera returns, though I would say briefly, Alex, the mm. monster at least, mm-hmm. <laughs> in Gamera versus Baragon. And here's a shocker for you. Gamera didn't make it to Mars. Instead, <laughs> he's back to destroy dams, get himself frozen, and save humanity. But Alex, as I asked last week, building off the ideas of the first do you think Gamera versus Baragon will become the series Paragon? Ooh, well, if word on the street is true, and we will see if it is or not, at least <laughs> considering the Showa era, it mm-hmm. could be a Paragon <laughs> of the Showa era. I think yeah. it is an improvement in some ways over the previous film. While this film still suffers from some similar problems, no, most notably pacing. I think this film could have had probably 15 minutes cut out and been perfectly fine. I do think it has a number of improvements. And the the ability to make these corrections, especially in the case of having its own clear identity, I really appreciate. This mm. doesn't quite this doesn't quite feel as derivative as the previous film did. And I really like that. It brought something new to to the at least on this show, what we've seen so far, mostly rainbows. Yeah. But <laughs> I think a lot of the choices were mostly beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mentioned last week that this director, Shigeo Tanaka, he's the only director outside of uh, Yuasa um, in, to direct a Showa era Gamera film. And I think that's a shame that he didn't get to direct any others. But right from the beginning of this movie, we find ourselves in a tropical atmosphere. To me, it felt like we were stepping into a June Fukuda film, Alex, <laughs> especially the one that I was thinking about. It came out the same year, 1966, Ebra, Horror of the Deep, um, uh-huh. which while I was thinking about it, I think it also mirrors this 
this film tonally in many different ways. You know, in Ebra, you had those tropical colors that popped. Here we have that same thing. The colors pop, and I think the costume design in this film actually helps sell that. What did yeah. you think about the tone of this movie overall? Yeah, the the tone, unlike last week's movie, it never lost me. Uh, nice. For me, it struck this nice balance of pretty serious with just enough goof. And yes, I'm using that word this way. Because <laughs> it had just enough goof in it <laughs> for Baragon to not be too jarring, which is good mm-hmm. because... This is a monster that shoots rainbows out of its back <laughs> to destroy rockets. And so it takes a bit of goofability for mm. the viewers to stick along for the ride on this one. Now, yeah. I've been trying my best to leave comparisons to Godzilla out because I feel like it's almost unfair in some ways. But I could not help but feel like this movie actactually reminded me more of Godzilla versus Mothra, the battle for Earth. Because hmm. uh, the Heisei film, yeah, a, a bit because there is a point in this film where I have completely forgotten that there are monsters that are supposed to be in this thing, uh, and I mean that in a good way because honestly, mm-hmm. I was kind of disappointed when they showed up. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but I also, I also think Baragon is like zero percent threatening. I, I, I. I I'm not a huge fan of his design. Uh-huh. I don't like his face or his stupid little grin. I do like his powers, though. They're very cool and unique and unlike anything else we've seen so far. And I really do like that about him, especially his purple blood. And it's a good thing he has those powers because I don't think there's any other monsters in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, honestly, Gamera doesn't have much to do here. That's for no, sure. No, but I will say but, he looks really good yeah. when he's flying in this one. They really amped up that budget on his flying because they knew that's how we're going to see him most of the movie. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I disagree with you about Baragon's design, but I'll get into that here in a little bit. That's an interesting comparison, though, to Godzilla versus Mothra. Um, I, I agree. Like I was I was still entertained in the opening. It was almost 30 minutes before we had a monster yeah. um, that wasn't footage from the last film. Right. right. And I was entertained by that like adventure aspect at the beginning of the film. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because the characters here work, Alex. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Karen cracks me up because she's basically, if you remember, she's Seiko from son of Godzilla, <laughs> which does come after this movie, by the way, but her name isn't Seiko. It's Karen. <laughs> which, which is pretty epic yeah yeah uh, uh, and i i like that she's not afraid to present ideas even wacky ideas and ideas that fail um also onadera mm. have we had a villain quite like onadera in a movie we've reviewed on this podcast i don't, know. I, I don't think so not one that's so like single-minded um in in matha versus godzilla i could think of you know kind of like the bad guy capitalist man you know <laughs> can't remember <laughs> yeah. his name yes. um in Ghidra, the three-headed monster there were definite bad guys um but this this is a different type of bad it's it's personal in a way you know it's someone that right. looks looks a guy about to die in the face and does nothing <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah uh but it, it's pretty interesting you really have nothing to 
you know, root for him for, right? Like he has no sort of sympathy whatsoever. Um, And he also has one of the greatest monster deaths we've seen yet. Definitely (laughs) one of the best in any Showa film, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, in the entire last series, we we only see a few people really get eaten, but his was actually particularly grisly. I liked it. I liked it. And I think Odadera is definitely one of a kind. I mean, if I, and it's like you said, if I had to pick one villain, it would have been Mothra versus Godzilla mm-hmm. is the one he was most similar to. But he's so amped up and he's in his own category. And it's not just like you said, a single mindedness that makes him stand yeah. out. It's his depravity uh-huh. and that he he uses <clears throat> it's the depravity that he uses to carry out all of his plans. Like he literally burns. Uh, I think it's Case K and his wife. He literally mm-hmm. burns them alive off screen, yeah. of course, but it's still pretty bad. And that's not even yeah. including the people he kills on screen. And I really do. I, I like that about this. This character is we've getting a really evil character. It's one thing that I actually really like about the Gamera series that I've noticed is that, mm-hmm. you know, he does this horrific thing and we're, we're really pretty privy to it. It's not something that's completely hidden behind like, oh, well, this is maybe what happened or whatever. Like that scorpion death in the cave is kind of disturbing. I'm, 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 I'm yeah. into it, but it's kind of disturbing. Like the way he starts to slowly freeze, like, and just completely stiffen up is yeah. horrifying. And then in the previous movie, we saw Gamera burn people alive. Like this movie is leaning a little more into some actually darker things that <laughs> that I'm surprised about than Godzilla well, did in terms of like the graphicness of mm-hmm. some of the deaths and stuff like that. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting because, you know, last week I mentioned that the director, Yuasa, he was really aiming or he wanted to aim these films more towards kids. We don't get that really <laughs> no. in this film um, at all. Now, Yuasa, he did serve as the special effects coordinator here. And it, it seems like based off a couple things that I've read that he was all on board with what Tanaka was doing in this movie. Um, So he was involved and he does take the reins again for the next one. But to get into the themes and messages of this film, Alex, (laughs) there's not too many except for the obvious one. And I I don't know if you know this, Alex, but greed (laughs) is bad. (laughs) It's true. It's true. (laughs) But beyond, beyond the themes, I I do want to point out, I, I think Tanaka's camera work is pretty neat and the monster action overall is really well done. Mm-hmm. I think the battles are pretty dynamic here. When you think about something like Ebra Horror of the Deep, again, I like that movie a lot, but the monster battles there, they hold nothing compared to the monster battles here. Uh, yeah. We get we got tennis there. Here we get Gamera dragging Baragon by the neck and drowning Baragon to his yes. death. That's pretty epic, right? It's awesome. It's <laughs> um, awesome. And the way that Tanaka uses or films these monsters, sometimes I like the way that he used kind of like this tilted 45 degree angle bird's eye view to create a sense of scale that really elevates um, the reality of these monsters. It, it doesn't make you um, think twice about their sense of scale. And you said you didn't love the design of Baragon, but I did. I, and I think it's in the small details. I don't necessarily think like Baragon as far as a, maybe it's not the design that I love more than like the actual craft of whoever built 
Baragon. You've right. got those small little details that stand out, you know, the blinking eyelids, the glowing spine, the purple blood, as you mentioned, and also the very textured skin. It was really yes. cool work um, that I really appreciated. It, it was cool, especially when they reflected the rainbow back at him. And it mm-hmm. had like the, those like almost like purple blisters on his back that are just gushing blood. It's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Looking, oh, yeah. <laughs> I gotta say. Yeah. No, really, I agree with really you. Really unique. Uh-huh. The, the I think the execution of the suit is great. I just think the overall design is not to my... I mean, the head is just as big as the rest of the body almost. <laughs> yeah. It's not It's not the most unique as far as like what sort of like creative monster can we come up with? Now, the right. power, some of his powers are pretty cool and we'll get into those, yes, I'm sure, they are. in our awards. But as far as like if you're just looking at it, it looks like a pretty generic monster. I, I agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But before we get any further, Alex, do you want to talk about MVM Plus? Yeah. So as a quick reminder, you can subscribe to us on Patreon. And for just $2 a month, you can receive regular weekly bonus content where we'll talk about upcoming weekly news. Uh, there's even rumblings of a Toku book club of some sort where we're going to be watching mm. maybe a couple episodes of a show that will be voted on by our patrons. And we'll... we'll cover that each week now last week we discussed the announcement of the godzilla vs kong composer junkie xl along with some of our favorite film scores and this week we'll be discussing the big news godzilla vs kong's delay as well as more importantly what eric has been streaming Mm on amazon prime now definitely more importantly (laughs) (laughs) now at the five dollar level or up you can receive everything that i just talked about a week early including this episode right here that's right Subscribing to patreon.com slash mvmpod will let you time travel, and you'll get to listen to our episodes one week early. (laughs) Which makes it just a little bit more relevant. That's right. I would say. But before we bring on our uh, guest, Alex, there's one other guest that needs to share his opinion. It's the... The Theometer. Welcome back to another Theometer this week. This week we are talking about Gamera. Gamera versus Bargon. Are you ready to take a look at some of these monsters, Theo? Yeah. All right. Well, as we take a look here, I want you to describe to me kind of what, what you're seeing, what, what what's what's happening on the screen. Yeah. Right? What yeah, do we got? I remember that. So this turtle thing. Do you yeah. see that? Yeah. That's Gamera. Can you say Gamera? Gamera. Alright. How scary does Gamera seem right there? Oh, what just happened to Gamera? Gamera is destroying a big turtle. A well, turtle. Gamera is the big turtle. What's happening to Gamera now? What's Gamera doing? Shooting little fireballs. Fireballs? Out, out of his little legs. Out of his legs? Yeah, and now spinning? What's yeah. What's happening now? Pretty much, he just, I guess he just... He put his head somewhere, but I don't know where I went. He put his head back in his yeah. shell, right? Now, this other monster here is Baragon. Yeah, you love Baragon? Uh, what do you, what I do you like, like about it? I just like that it has like that little like, horn thing. The horn thing? Oh, uh, man, what a ram. Did you see his blood oh. on its back? What color was that blood? I think it was like orange. Most blood is like red. I think you are either colorblind or didn't realize that was blood. Purple. Purple blood on the back of. I Baragon thought it might there. have been orange, but whatever. 
Oh, man. Who's going to win this fight? I think Gamera's going to lose it. Why? Because, like, he's already got, like, damage. He even, like, little turtle fang, like, even, like, flanked him all the way to, like, this bridge, and he broke it. Yeah, this is true. Now... Oh, great. The what? turtle has big teeth. Yeah? Well, Gamera does have some big tusk, right? Um, last thing is... Which is scarier, Baragon or Gamera? I think Baragon. Baragon, why? Well, he isn't scarier, mm-hmm. but, like, he's just cool. Yeah, I agree. Cool. All right, I think Gamera's cooler, but yeah. Baragon is pretty scary. That's the thing. I like that guy, I like. Yeah, Baragon's pretty he's cool. Yeah. And there's our Levi, so we better sign off. This has yeah. been another Theometer this week. See ya. At this point, we would like to welcome in not one, but two special guests of the podcast. Michael, a returning guest and the Kaiju groupie himself, and our featured guest, host of the Kaiju Weekly Podcast, Travis. Welcome, guys. Anything else you would like the listeners to know before we get started? Hey, we're glad to be here. Um, yeah, just, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, the it's only thing... Go ahead, Michael. I was just going to say it's a pleasure. It's but it's uh, it's not uh, it's not like we didn't just uh talk to you guys last week on our own show, but uh yeah. but, but yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a pleasure to get to talk with you guys again. Yeah. Of course. I'm so glad I finally got invited to come on here. I mean, everyone else in the world got invited to <laughs> oh, be on this on. podcast. <laughs> hey, Travis, I've been pushing for you for a long time, but Eric just wouldn't let me do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. I was like, I'm not getting that guy on here. So, but Alex finally convinced me. So, uh, here we are. The guy who are. likes <laughs> the guy who likes the giant rabbits movie, the guy who likes Yeti. It's like, yeah, no, we're not mm. getting him on here. Do you <laughs> Hey, we all like Yeti. We all like Yeti. Oh, uh, Yeti is such a special <laughs> film. Oh, that man. is definitely a way to put it. Very much. Yeah. Well, Travis, we we said there that you definitely are our featured guest. We've had Michael on before, but we really want to spend a couple minutes here kind of focusing on some of the work that you've done with your podcast, uh, Kaiju Weekly. So when did this podcast begin and why did you decide to start a podcast for yourself? Well, um, yeah, I started Kaiju Weekly back in 2017. Uh, I know it seems kind of crazy because majority of our episodes have been, uh, you know, within the last uh, six, seven months. But uh, yeah, I started Kaiju Weekly because I've, I'm a creative person and I really need a creative outlet of some kind. And I had a friend of mine, uh, Jake, who was my first co-host. And we started the podcast very similar to Monsters vs. Men. He had never seen any of these giant monster movies. Um, and, of course, I was the fan. I loved them. I've been loving them since I was a kid. And so we went into it with the kind of uh, the same kind of format that you guys have been doing on this podcast. Things came up. We had to take a break for a while. Uh, so we kind of took a, a long hiatus. And then about six, seven months ago... Um, Steven and I, my other co-host that, uh, he's had to step away, uh, because of personal issues, but, uh, but he, uh, got in touch with me and we decided to revamp the podcast and started it back up. And so, uh, that's, that's really how it all got started. Oh, that's cool. 
Uh, so Travis, what what does it mean? What does Godzilla mean to you personally? Like, why of all topics did you choose Godzilla and kaiju in general for a podcast? Well, on my podcast, I like to say that I inherited my love of Godzilla from my dad. Um, because really, Godzilla has been this thing that's been a part of my life as long as I can remember. Um, I don't remember a time when there wasn't Godzilla. Uh, and you know, and that's what that comes up a lot. You know, people always ask, what's your first Godzilla movie? What was the first Godzilla movie you ever saw? And I'm like, I don't remember. Cause uh, like I was too young to even remember what my first Godzilla movie was. I'm right. guessing it was Godzilla versus the sea monster because that's the, <laughs> that was the VHS that we had the longest, but there's right. really no way for me to know. Um, but yeah, I ha- a lot of my positive memories I have of my dad, who's no longer around, um, the, a lot of them revolve around watching Godzilla movies. Uh, and yeah, I have a lot of things I'm a fan of, you know, I'm a fan of comic books and, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars, things like that. But my interest in them kind of comes and goes depending on, you know, my moods. But with Godzilla, I'm always up for a Godzilla movie. So oh, oh. that's really why that's awesome. that was the focus of my podcast. Oh, that's awesome. So you're saying I'm raising Theo right then. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Well, it depends on it depends on if you look at my life and be like, ooh, do I want him to turn out like that or not? <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, do I want him to turn out like me and Alex? You're right. Ooh. Another question, maybe ask for another day, Alex. <laughs> mm. We all know the answer. Uh, if it's like my, Alex, yeah. then it, yes, yes. <laughs> Michael, you can you can jump uh, in if you feel like it on this one. Um, how do you feel like you both work together on on the podcast now that you're a part of the Kaiju Weekly podcast, Michael? What what's the camaraderie like between the two of you? And has the partnership always been pretty? Do you always see eye to eye on the movies you review and on the podcast in general? Yes. Yes, we always all... see eye to eye. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All es- valid questions. Especially <laughs> when it comes to uh, my opinion of King Caesar, uh, we always see eye to eye. <laughs> Travis. Oh, what, what, Travis. What is the opinion of King Caesar? <laughs> the opinion uh, of King the- <laughs> The opinion of King Caesar, <laughs> the, or the the opinion of King Shisa on our podcast is he is a magnificent animal. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. 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 <laughs> can, we, can we mute Michael now? Uh, it's time to. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I, uh, but Eric, to answer your question, uh, I think we yeah, I mm-hmm. think we work pretty well, honestly. Um, you know, as as Travis has uh, alluded to, we we have our differences. Um, I mean, it, but for us, it's just really just about having fun and discussing our favorite and maybe not so favorite, uh, giant monster mill, giant monster movies. Uh, I mean, as you could probably tell, neither one of us really take ourselves too seriously. And I think, I think it's a, it's a good relationship. Uh, Travis's opinion of Kaiju is a little, what we would call left of center. And I'm more of the traditionalist <laughs> when it comes to, uh, to Kaiju. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a good dynamic. It's, it's a good, it's a good balance between us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, when, when Michael joined the podcast, um, Steven, like I had said, one of my previous co-hosts had to step away because of personal 
uh, things that had come up in his life. And so really it, it just, it was a huge help for me to have Michael there to step up and be, um, be a regular co-host, which I know he wasn't expecting to do. You know, he had guested on the podcast just a couple of times and then uh, suddenly he's now thrown into being the regular co-host and he's really helped the podcast out a lot. So so uh, I, I really do appreciate having Michael on there. And yeah, we, we work well together because we don't take ourselves that seriously um, and we don't take our, our own opinions and our own uh, everything all that seriously. Yeah, that's a, a good way to be, at least as far as, well, I don't know. I've, with the Godzilla community, it seems like it can go either way. You can either uh, <laughs> yeah. take it too seriously, or if you make a joke, uh, it could go south for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, especially it, about All Monsters Attack. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a fantastic film, by the way. Okay, well, we don't appreciate lies on this podcast. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> anyway... <laughs> Moving on to the next question. Last question for Travis specifically. <laughs> How has making uh, the podcast changed your life? Well, you know, with Kaiju Weekly, the main goal that I've always had was to have fun. Like, if I'm not having fun, then there's no point in doing it. You know, there are podcasts right. out there, um, like we said, who take it very seriously, who will analyze the films and will really dig deep into the themes the history, the everything to do with the film and just really dig into the meat of these films. Even you guys will do that, you know, from time to time. And, uh, but with Kaiju weekly, we've always been more about embracing the fun of these kinds, because they are inherently silly. Like as, as much as, as much as Shin Godzilla is an allegory for, the uh, disaster, the Fukushima disaster, and as much as um, Gojira was an allegory for the atomic bomb bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki and the, the, uh, the fears and anxieties that come from that, it's still giant monsters destroying miniature cities. Right. <laughs> like that, there's still something inherently silly about it. So with our podcast format, you know, we'll we'll use Godzuki as our as our rating system. Uh, we we do a lot of silly things. Um, but but getting to getting to meet new people since I've really uh, joined the community of fellow podcasters, uh, getting to take part and and really organize things like kaiju quarantine which you guys were a part of uh getting getting involved with other uh other creative types in this community has been a lot of fun made it worthwhile absolutely yeah Um, all right so question for both of you before we get into the awards what are your initial thoughts here on Gamera versus Baragon? And we'll get into your ranking and rating later but for now what's your general disposition towards this film uh, well, I guess I'll go first. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's better than a lot of the that well than many of the Showa films in the Gamera franchise. It does take itself uh, seriously, maybe at times a little bit too seriously. They pay they play it a little bit too straight at times. I think uh, you know the trope mm-hmm. about the greedy treasure hunter uh, has been done over and over and over before. But I I think. I find um, I, I find the way it's done in in uh, I about to say Godzilla, but uh, Gamera versus uh, Barugon to be kind of refreshing because we don't see that a whole whole lot in in giant monster movies mm-hmm. from this time period. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and 
and for me, you know, something about the Gamera uh, series overall, uh, more than any of the Godzilla movies, Gamera is a product of its time. Uh, each movie is like a little time capsule. So it's it's always a ton of fun to watch these movies. But uh, the thing about them is the quality. Uh, if you're coming from the Godzilla franchise, which I know you guys are, you're coming from the Godzilla franchise mm-hmm. into Gamera, you can definitely tell that the the quality and the suits and the special effects are not at the level that Toho and Tsuburaya were, was doing with the Godzilla movies, but it's still a ton of fun. And this is definitely like, like Michael said, one of the standout of the Showa era and it's got rainbow death rays. What more can you ask for in a film? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, definitely, definitely an original. That's for sure. Not something I ever expected to see in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, without yeah. further ado, then let's go ahead and get into some of these awards. And we're going to start with you, Alex, as is the tradition. Who do you have for coolest character award? Uh, I had to pick Onodera, the b- greedy treasure hunter who so burns cool. people alive. I, so cool. Absolutely cool. <laughs> absolutely cool. <laughs> of course, I, Alex. I, I just, <laughs> hey, he gets eaten alive by Barugan. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. What? He's got a lot of, th- I mean, he shoots a scorpion without even hardly trying. Right. He lets his friend get killed by a scorpion. What's not to like about this guy? I don't. <laughs> Maybe his single-mindedness in his evil nature, Alex. Well, that, that's that, that, that's a point for him, right? Some yeah, would consider him a really cool villain. He's a really cool villain. I, I have to say, he is. There, there's no one else like him in Godzilla, like in the Godzilla franchise. I don't think. I'm sure there's somebody out there that would consider him just another lovable a hole. Oh, yeah, I mean he's lovable. <laughs> that's for sure. I, I do like oh, how man, horrific that. he is. I mean, when, when you find out that he burned that uh, the main character's brother and blanking on his name and his wife alive in their house, it's pretty horrific. And that's it why is. he's my coolest character. <laughs> <laughs> I think lots of times, Alex, we just choose characters that are a reflection of ourselves for these. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I can understand why you chose him, but, but Michael. Michael, who who did you choose for the coolest character award? It may be a little bit of a cop out, but I'm going to go ahead and choose Barugon because Death Rainbows. Mm. That's that's mm. that's the main <laughs> Death reason. Rainbows. Death Rainbows is exactly why I chose Barugon. And really, you know, the giant prehistoric lizard has been done over and over before, but his unique abilities are what makes him stand out as an interesting kaiju to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's got purple blood. He was Prince yeah. before there was Prince. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Which the purple blood, I believe is a trope of the Gamera series. If I'm not mistaken, most yeah, of the, no. most of the other Kaiju have purple blood. Oh, really? Purple blood. Cool. Wow. Purple Spoilers, blood. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, purple we blood. mentioned, I mentioned, Alex, that sometimes our coolest characters are a reflection of ourselves. And mm. I think that's probably why I chose Karen for my coolest character. Because <laughs> you're such a Karen? Is that what you're trying to tell us, Aaron? Yes, exactly. Yeah, 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 such a Karen. Definitely. <laughs> it's just, no, I mean, how could you not choose Karen, right? Like, she's, she's Saiko from Son of Godzilla, before Son of Godzilla, actually. But her name is Karen. How epic is that? 
That's all I yes. have to say. Oh, okay. Travis, what you got? All right, Karen. Uh, I well, I really like Karen because I mean, she is the only Islander who's not in brown face. Um, but yes. I, <laughs> but I had to pick the other person who's living on the island who's not in brown face, and that was the doctor on that island um, because I kind of like that he is just kind of. I'm turning my back on on not civilization, but just on like modern life and just going to go and live on this tropical island with these people because this is where I want to be. And I, I kind of like that. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. He also gave me some like Colonel Sanders vibes. So. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> There's yeah, a plus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. And us being from Kentucky, Alex. Yeah, exactly. Us being I from mean, Kentucky, anything that reminds about. us of Colonel Sanders. They we're came like, for the opal, right? but exactly. left with fried chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. All right. Most memorable line award. Let's start with you, Michael. What do you got? Sure. Uh, my line came at approximately, I didn't write the exact timestamp down, but it came at approximately the 35-minute mark. Um, and it was from the gentleman holding the flower on the boat. He, if you remember, it was the scene he wanted to go and pay honor uh, to the other explorer who had died or been murdered uh, uh, mm. by Onodera. And the line was, my dad died for the emperor on the South Sea Island. Your friend doesn't seem, mu- your friend doesn't seem like a stranger, which is a pretty heavy handed um, reference to mm. World War II. But it's effective. Mm, right. I, fe- I feel like it's effective because it kind of sets up um, our antagonist as even more of the villain because you're like, man, this guy's an a hole, right? <laughs> hmm. I think that's a good yeah. one. No, that's that's a good line. One that I that didn't stand out to me the first time, but I like that choice, Michael Travis. What you got? Uh, you know, my line ties in with uh, what Michael's line is, and that it's also from uh, well, it's from Onadera, but it's also from around that same point in the movie where he says they're just pig bones. There's something really mm. great about his delivery of that line that he's just like, he's dropped all pretense. He's not even pretending anymore. And the character that said Michael's line is just so devastated. You can see the devastation mm-hmm. in his face when he finds out that they're just pig bones. They're not even human bones anymore. Right. Uh, right. But... Uh, but Onodera just does it so matter-of-factly and just without any pretense and then just walks away. And I, I just thought that was such a great delivery of that line. Yeah, no, I agree. I was also <laughs> I also felt bad for that guy who was like holding the pig bones. He, he just he does he looks devastated like you said. Yeah, he yeah, does. he really yeah, does. He does. <laughs> Maybe he should have gotten my can't believe that acting award. Hmm. <laughs> oh well. Eric, what about you? What do you got? So I have uh, the line at the end of the movie from Keizuki. He says, why must humans be so greedy? (laughs) It's such an on-the-nose line, but it's a line that felt so Fukuda-ish, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because in Fukuda's Godzilla films, he always ties up his films with that on-the-nose message at the very end. And normally I criticize films for dumbing down their messaging to an audience, on your all's podcast, I criticized underwater for this exact same thing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I see monster movies like this as more mythology or more of a fable where that lesson is wrapped up and given to us on the platter like it is here. Hmm. And there's something I find kind of endearing about it. Um, 
when it's just right there at the end of the movie. And it's been a silly movie throughout. It just feels like a fable to me, and I can appreciate that. So I had to go with that last one. Yeah, that's a good choice. Okay. Alex? Uh, I had a uh, bear god is attracted to light, especially the light of diamonds. It's, this is so <laughs> odd. This is this is the equivalent of the birds in Godzilla 1984. It's just such a weird thing to use to distract a monster. And <laughs> it's not even like a diamond. It's a specific diamond. And it's just ridiculous. Like, just manufacture some cubic zirconium and you'll be good to go to get this thing. (laughs) The whole thing is just ridiculous. I love, I I love it. (laughs) I think that's, I think that's sort of a theme of this whole movie. It's just the whole thing's ridiculous, but it's still a fun movie. (laughs) Yeah, it is. is Absolutely. Alex, what about you for your can't believe that acting award? Uh, I had to give, I had to give this one to uh, Barugan actually. His death scene was uh, c- quite horrific and palpable. I, f- I felt him not wanting to drown in that purple water of his. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Man, Alex has just gone all dark. This yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to agree with Alex. Are you, are you doing okay? My- <laughs> I- I'm going through some stuff. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you need to talk? Do we need to, do we need to stop recording and just have a conversation? <laughs> It's very possible. Um, Travis, what about you? Um, I went with Onodera uh, for a lot of the reasons that Michael, uh, I mean, not Michael, um, Alex went with him as uh, early on yeah. because he really is this uh, just awesome character. Uh, he's definitely the villain. And I really like his acting. His acting is on a different level than everyone else in this movie. He is uh-huh. chewing every bit of scenery he's in. He's really playing up this uh, just cold as ice, just SOB. And I love it. He was so much fun to watch. <laughs> he yeah, goes he for was. it, right? Yeah. He gives it. It's yeah, all he, he sure. elevates the movie. Michael, what about you? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with Karen on that on this one. Um, although I don't feel like she said a whole lot during the film. I don't feel like she had a lot of lines. Of course, I don't know. Uh, I was I was just kind of paying attention to her facial expressions, how stoic she was and just how she would convey sort of what she was thinking or what we were supposed to think she was thinking through her facial expressions and, th- and through her eyes. And I was just sort of impressed by her ability to to convey that message without actually saying mm-hmm. anything. Yeah, she can, does a good job. Can can we just briefly talk about the scene giving special attention to the main character? Uh, she she ends up sucking the blood off of his arm. Oh yeah, that was odd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know she was a vampire. I was excited. I thought we had a vampire movie going, and that's really yeah, that didn't have payoff. Honestly, I yeah. honestly I did not notice this. I, I did what? not notice this. It is yeah. so. It is <laughs> so blatant. Asleep. It is so blatant. Oh man. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know why she sucked the blood on his arm. Just, just at all. Period. I don't know. It wasn't a snake bite. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what yeah. was happening. It was a scratch. It was like a cut from broken glass. What are you doing, I'm, lady? <laughs> I mean, does yeah. it does it go? It, it, is it tied into her like um, kind of primitive nature? Maybe. I mean, maybe is, she is keeps something? essential oils in her mouth or something. <laughs> she is a Karen. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man. Maybe, but oh, there's man. no but there's no indicators leading up to that. So I mean Yeah. It's just awkward. It's just an awkward scene that it makes is. no sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, for my can't believe the acting award, I feel like this should be probably Alex's award because it is kind of dark, but it's the I can't see I can't see <laughs> moment from Kawajira who just met death by rainbow scorpions, man, that death will not be forgotten anytime soon. Yeah. Kawajira RIP. Yeah. yeah pour one so out for, stiff. Yeah. Yeah. We got to pour one out for, for Kawajira. <laughs> 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 he, he really, he really got done dirty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he did, he did really good in that role. I really liked him. I was really hoping he wouldn't die, but you know, as soon as you see that scorpion, I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, it's yeah. Going down. oh yeah." You knew before he was going into the cave of scorpions. You knew, yeah. Well, if he, yeah, for sure, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Travis, who do you have for your standout effect award? Um, it's going to seem kind of weird with a monster, uh, a monster movie, uh, full of you know, uh rainbow death rays and all kinds of craziness The my standout effect award goes to the dam bursting towards the beginning of the movie. Yes. Uh, awesome. And yeah, it's, it's really excellent miniature work. And I, I mentioned that, uh, die uh, and the Gamera films, I, I give them, I give them grief because they're not at the same level. Um, just technology wise as, uh, the Toho movies, the Toho produced movies, but, this one right here is such a good shot. It's got a good uh, framing. There's great effects in it. And I just really like that shot. I, th- I, I think it was really great. So I think that's a great effect uh, that was used well in this movie. Yeah, honestly, I, I really thought about going with that one. Um, so I'm glad that you chose it. To me, I just wanted to keep it pretty simple. You mentioned, you know, kind of like the, the suit here, maybe not. Uh, living up to some of the standards that Toho set mm-hmm. for monster movies. But honestly, I th- I thought Bergon in particular, not necessarily the design Alex and I mentioned before, but, but the construction of that suit, it was the small touches that I really liked. It was simple, but memorable. You know, it was the things like that textured skin and that purple blood, as we talked about the, the tongue, of course, and the, the light up spines and the, blinking eyelids those small touches mm-hmm. um were all just just all came together to create something um otherworldly i won't say lifelike but otherworldly uh to this picture so i i liked baragon's design overall michael i mean yeah yeah it really is good puppetry i mean it, it is a well-designed kaiju uh, is mm-hmm. is it super mm-hmm. realistic no i agree with you uh but since this is the you know given all kinds of love to, to Barragon show. Um, I'm going to go with the giant animatronic tongue, specifically the yes, scene yes. where he snatches a uh, dude off the boat and eats him alive and eats him alive. I feel like that is, <laughs> yeah. that is some excellent, excellent uh, puppetry and animatronic work right there. That's my least favorite scene because that's when Onodera dies and I'm not happy about that. <laughs> I want him to have his own movie. <laughs> Uh, he had such an <laughs> epic death, though. Like the the guy, he, he challenges the entire army. Like, what are you playing? You're surrounded by yeah. the army <laughs> and all these military but, men, and you're going to go and steal this diamond. And then, what is it that takes him out? The big giant tongue. Yeah, it's so yeah, great. You don't understand. 
There's an opal at stake. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a diamond at that point. Yeah, it's that a diamond. Point. A diamond. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Um, I can't get the opal, but I will get the diamond. <laughs> Alex, what'd you got for the standout effect award? Yeah, it's a very little moment that I, I don't know if anyone probably even saw, but there's a moment where Bear God's tail is going back and forth on this highway, and there's this little grass median uh, on the highway, and every time its tail hits this median, it actually drags mud back and forth from the median. Hmm. I, Really impressive uh, effect work because there, there was no reason to do that. There was no reason to make the grass actually muddy and make him spread it like that. Uh, it's just a really cool small detail that I was like, oh, like someone cared. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like that, Alex. Uh, what about your oh, that's a good shot award? Yeah, to I had to go with uh, Barragon's initial appearance. So, you know, he's out in the water swimming in the bay that. Doesn't kill him then, but kills him later in the movie for some reason. <laughs> but you suddenly see him inside this like warehouse where he has this big reveal, and you just see the top of his mouth erupt through the roof, and it he just looks like really fearsome and terrifying. And then the warehouse explodes, and then you know you have to look at him the rest of the movie. He doesn't look nearly as good as he does in that moment. You barely get a glimpse of him. But I really like that moment that he's popping out of that warehouse. It's a really cool moment. Um I have to do an nice. um actually moment here. Uh the reason oh, why it doesn't uh-oh. the reason why the water doesn't hurt him is it's salt water. Uh fresh water is what hurts oh, Paragon. Thank you. Cuz I did not know. I forgot all about that. <laughs> Can someone please Jeez, say plot Alex. armor? Yeah, <laughs> no. somebody somebody put the the Homer Simpson saying nerd uh, over top of me. There you go. <laughs> no, hey, no, that's good. That's good. I got called out on my podcast, and you'll be edited out of the rest of it. <laughs> All right, since Fair it's enough. just the three of Fair us. <laughs> yeah, Michael, what do you, what do you got, Michael? <laughs> well, okay, so it was actually really difficult to find a. Oh, that's a good shot award for this one because I thought this movie, I don't know about you guys, but the copy I had was super dark and drab and there was really nothing that really stuck out to me. It was all like one color palette. So hmm. for that shot, for the shot that I'm going to pick, I'm going to have to go with the very first confrontation between Barugan and Gamera. So basically the death rainbow versus the Kaiju fidget spinner. <laughs> now no no look now okay i i i have to i have a feeling the, the <laughs> i have a feeling that the reason why you had uh your 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 video was so much darker is maybe a user error instead of the actual <laughs> films because and the reason i say that it sounds mean but i want to remind michael and let all of um monsters versus men listeners know we had this conversation of uh is the movie available on tubi and i said yeah it's available on tubi and a few minutes later i get a message oh the version on tubi doesn't have subtitles so you'll have to watch it somewhere else and I'm like, that's weird. Why wouldn't they put subtitles on the Tubi one? I get on there. There's a switch to turn on subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> Travis, look, we all of us know here you have been lying all day today on Twitter. <laughs> uh, In let's this not conversation. Get 
Let's not get. In, can I change my answer on how well we work together um, from earlier? <laughs> nice. Well, uh, you know it's funny that you say that though, Michael, because I actually thought that the colors were pretty vibrant in yeah. this movie. Um, but the, the shot that I chose was the transition shot. It's towards the end of, in, end of the movie when they're presenting Kazuki and Karen. They're they're presenting the idea of. Um, reflecting the rainbow ray back at Barugan. And there's that transition shot where a mirror is placed on the table to explain how the military can actually pull this off. And as Keisuke starts his explanation, we get that transition shot. And it's a shot looking down at the mirrors and it reflects back up at Kazuki and Karen. And I just thought it was a great transition that worked well um, to kind of get into that explanation, but also just worked well as a standalone shot. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's pretty good. Uh, I, I still can't believe there's a moment where a rainbow was bounced at a monster to, to injure it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the nature it's so of great. the Gamera series, my friend. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. awesome. Welcome to the Gamera franchise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Travis, good. finish this off. Finish this off here with your "Oh, that's a good shot" award. So my "Oh, that's a good shot" award was the first time Bar- Barugon uh, uses his rainbow death beam because it, like Michael said, I do kind of agree with Michael. This movie is kind of desaturated in certain points, but I think that's on purpose. There are there are points in this movie where it's really the colors are desaturated, and that scene is is kind of dark and the colors are very muted and then all of a sudden this vibrant rainbow just comes flowing out the back of this monster and goes and destroys all these military things and it's like no one no one who has seen this movie had or you know no one could have expected that to happen unless you knew about it going into this movie no one could have expected that and i really like it and i think it's framed really well too because you have uh osaka castle in the background and it's just such a great shot yeah yeah (laughs) it's definitely a shock yeah oh definitely well with that said let's go ahead and get into our rating and ranking um which We rate movies out of five, and then we're going to rank them within the Gamera series. Alex and I only have two to choose from, but I know you all (laughs) have seen them all, so you can kind of tell us where this falls in your overall series rankings, if you feel so inclined. So I'll go ahead and start us, and and then we'll get into your all's views. But last week for Gamera, I quoted Plato. So this week, I think it's appropriate to quote Socrates, (laughs) who said... Can, can we get a collective eye roll here? <laughs> Socrates, Socrates, Alex said, he who is not contented with what he has would not be contented with what he would like to have. And though Onodera may not have been contented with opal or diamonds here in this film, I can pleasantly say that I was contented with this film itself. Now, that's not to say that this is a cinematic masterpiece or kaiju gold. We do have rainbow beams, right? Rather, I think this film does find a balance between the character dynamics and the monster action. I enjoyed the characters, Keizuki and Karen's connection, Onodera's single-minded monstrosity, despite your your love for him, Alex. Um, <laughs> even the side characters, they play an important role. 
And Baragon, while not the most original of monsters, works well and is built with details in mind. I've talked about several of them throughout this episode. Um, I do think this film would be more appropriately titled Baragon versus Gamera more than Gamera versus Baragon based off screen time. With that said, though, Gamera, he plays his role well and he helps humanity despite uh, having some hardships along the way. Now, this might surprise you guys, but I originally rated this film a three out of five stars because I I felt like it fell in line with some of the Godzilla films that I rated similarly, such as Ebra horror of the deep and Godzilla versus Megaguirus. But as I've thought about it in the last 24 hours, I I was thinking about uh, Tanaka's camera work in particular and how he used some of those almost birds eye point of view perspective to, to really highlight the scale. And I was thinking about the battles and how to, to me, they, they surpassed the battles of the Godzilla films around this time. So I'm actually elevating this to a 3.5 out of five, which ranks it above Ooh. Gamera from last week. Wow. Eric, hmm. I was, I I'm actually kind of surprised crazy. by that. Yeah, yeah, I'm very surprised. I found that I enjoy this film a lot more than I thought I would, to be sure. Um, But Travis, I'd I'd like to hear your thoughts on the movie next. So, uh, Eric, since you quoted from Socrates, I want to uh, bring up a quote (laughs) that uh, really, I think, captures uh, the feelings about this movie. Um, is it from Guy Fieri? Uh, <laughs> it's it's from an equal it's from an equally great poet. Um, it's rainbows are visions; they're only illusions, and rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told, and some chose to believe it, but I know they're wrong. Wait and see. Someday we'll find it. The rainbow connection. The lovers. The dreamers. And me. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Oh, oh, yes, my favorite. Uh, Mr. the Frog, I believe that is. Mr. the Frog, yes. Um, so, yeah. While, so, to, <laughs> so, for me, um, it's very clear, especially I think uh, you guys will find out as you watch the other movies, that Daye was really still figuring out their Gamera formula. They had not quite figured it out with this film. Um, but it's still a very fun, it's very cheesy, uh, it's one of the better Showa Gamera films, and much like some of Fukuda's uh, Godzilla films, the movie uses the monster action to punctuate the human drama, and I mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's really yeah. a lot to enjoy in the movie, uh, not the least of which is a monster that shoots rainbows. I mean, come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so I'm going to pull an Alex and say, this is a nine out of 15 um, rating oh. for me, <laughs> which, oh, which, which equals a three out of five. Okay. Okay. A three out of Alex. five. All right. What you got, man? Well, so I, I definitely like this one better than the first camera film. Uh, I, I wasn't too hot on that one, but I think this one is actually a lot more fun, and it, it actually has its own identity, and it feels really unique from the Godzilla series. Now, this has death rainbows, and it actually has a human story that would have been more interesting uh, actually without the monsters, I think. <laughs> there's actually a lot, but overall, there's a lot to like about this movie, even if Gamera really isn't 
even end this movie. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it hurts it. What does hurt it, though, is that like its predecessor, the film feels a little poorly paced. I feel like 15 minutes could have been cut out of this thing pretty easily. But the film has a lot of points that work for it. Baragon, in particular, while I really don't like the design, I think it's actually executed pretty well. Its abilities are really fun to watch. The rainbows, the ice, and the effect that the ice has on the miniatures and stuff. Really, it's really some fun stuff. So... I'm actually going to give this one a three out of five. Okay. That's respectable. Respectable. Right. I almost gave it a 3.5 after this conversation, but I just, it may have been a little, it, those 15 minutes need to be cut out, I think, which is actually what the American version is. But what about you, Michael? I need to tap into my innermost pretentiousness and channel my, my mm-hmm. film snobbery. Um, to bring in my own quote <laughs> for this, for my uh, final thoughts. And my quote mm. uh, just simply reads Toto, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. Uh, if anyone doesn't know where that's from, that's from Dorothy Gale, The Wizard of Oz. And, you know, when you think about, when you think about all the kaiju movies that you guys have seen thus far and a lot of us are familiar with, this one seems so different. Um, than some of the others. And that's sort of a testament to what yeah. sort of the whole Gamera series is about. It's, it's really, uh, it's literally the, ex- well, not literally, but it's almost the exact opposite uh, of the Godzilla series because where, where the Godzilla series at this point in time was kind of playing it safe. Gamera took a lot of risks. And I think you're right, Eric, that this film does feel very June fakuda y um, in how mm-hmm. it's, how it's translated to the screen. And I've, I've kind of, I've seen all the Gamera films up to this point, the good, the bad, and the really bad. Um, and so for me, <laughs> I'm going to have to rank this one number four overall, which is the first show of film immediately behind the Heisei series, which is mm. the Holy grail of, awesome. of the Gamera franchise. So all I right. rank this above the original, uh, Gamera. I, I rank this above the original Gamera film. The first three movies in the Gamera series are probably the best that we're that that you guys are going to see in the entire series, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it only gets worse. For, it only gets worse after after the next film, in my opinion. Um, so with kind of that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and and parrot what Travis and you, Alex, have said, and give this a three out of five. Godzukis. Oh yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't actually rank it. I forgot to to actually rank uh, it among the Gamera films. Um, but yeah, I agree with Michael that uh, this is one of the better of the uh, Showa era. So if you take just the mm-hmm. Showa era, leave the Heisei era out because that's its own kind of thing. Uh, I actually rank this one above the original Gamera, the first Gamera movie, and just behind the next one that you guys are going to be doing, which is uh, Gamera versus Gauss. Uh, because I, I, I think that in Gamera versus Gauss, they solidify the formula that makes Gamera great. Whereas mm-hmm. in this one, they're okay. still finding their footing. Like they're still figuring it out. Right. Okay. They solidify the formula that makes Gamera great. And yet, all the movies from here are, are pretty terrible using that formula. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> well, it's but. not. It's not. No, it's not the films that are. It's not the fact that the films that are terrible. It's the one that my one gripe, and it's it's a it's a really common gripe among the fan base is the use of a lot of child actors, a lot of the Kennys, 
Uh, and that's what the Gamera series is is known for. It's using a lot of child protagonists in their storylines, which is which is fine. I think you can I think you can do it uh, and and it be effective. But it, it, for for more times than not, it just comes off as more annoying than substantive. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah. we shall see. Uh, so, guys, where where can people find you online, and and what's in store for you this upcoming year? Do you have any creative projects that you'd like to showcase? Um, Michael, you go ahead first. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, okay, so aside from the Kaiju Weekly podcast with my good friend Travis here, uh, you can find me hanging out on the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group. You can follow me on Instagram at the Kaiju Groupie. It's where I usually post uh, all my toy pictures and all my random artwork. And, um, you can also find me on Twitter at Kaiju Groupie pod, not nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I'm working on a, uh, a special sure. pet. I'm working on a special pet project. Um, so hopefully I'm going to have, uh, you guys as a part of that where I'll give, uh, I'll just kind of tell you the premises. I want to have one-on-one conversations with, with folks around the fandom and it doesn't, and I, and I don't want to have film sure. discussions. I want to have actual discussions. I don't want to have, oh, I don't want to okay. have monster fight battle who would win what battle that kind of discussion or whatever uh and so i would love for you guys to be a part of that i've already had i've already recorded episode one with with my friend travis here and i'm looking at uh, getting some other people on board and probably going to be published uh maybe once every two or three weeks something like that it's sort of just a, a pet project a little passion project that i've had on my mind for a while i'm not gonna lie i was hoping it was like a kaiju related asmr podcast but oh, oh that would be great <laughs> i don't have the voice for that sir and there are and believe it or not there are some of those on youtube you can you can find those that's horrifying <laughs> i just love that i'll send, I I'll send you that. one later <laughs> i just love that michael used this opportunity to really uh uh just highlight the fact that he's going to be breaking up the beatles here and going solo no like, no just, no 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 he's going full no. john lennon he's fa- he's found his yoko and he's just going full lennon <laughs> well I, I guess this would be the right opportunity to announce that i'm actually inviting eric on as my co-host for that oh. band project that's okay. You, you, yeah, Please you guys him. can Please argue him. about Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 2 all you want. <laughs> <laughs> me, uh, me and Alex uh, will enjoy Final Wars in our own little way. Yes. 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 Oh, Lord. Um, uh, but yeah, as far Travis, as... Travis, what's in store for Kaiju Weekly? So uh, Kaiju Weekly is... Uh, we're still a weekly podcast, so we're still planning on coming out every week. Um, we've got... Right now... Now the way I've got the schedule set up is we're doing theme months. So each month is a different theme. Uh, June has been Sea Monster Month, and July is getting into the Titans of Toho. So if anyone's oh. interested in the Toho movies that are not Godzilla movies, uh, we're going to be covering okay. three of those movies in July. And uh, yeah, you can uh, listen to Kaiju Weekly anywhere that you listen to Monsters vs. Men because we are a podcast that's on all of the major platforms. And you can also follow uh, the podcast and me specifically on Twitter uh, at Kaiju Weekly. And uh, you can also follow us on Instagram. We're Kaiju Weekly Pod on Instagram. Mm. Nice. Awesome. Uh, 
it's now time for the infamous rhyme time. Oh, yes. Guys. And so that means to preview our episode next week, uh, if you would like to ask a question in the form of a rhyme to preview Gamera versus, I wasn't sure if I was pronouncing this right. Is it Gauss? It's Gauss. 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 Yeah, Gauss. That may affect my rhyme a little bit. Not gonna lie. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna go with it. Travis, go ahead. Start. We'll start with you. Okay. So uh, mine was real simple. It says, "When Gamera faces Gauss, will it bring down the house or make Alex hide like a mouse?" (laughs) Just, just because I know your your feelings on the first Gamera movie. So. Yeah, 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 okay. I'm disappointed. Michael? All right, so I'm about ready to dunk on you mofos, for sure. Oh. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay so mine goes like this. <clears throat> when Gamera and Gauss play cat and mouse, in film three, there is no doubt, the Showa, er- the Showa era has reached its peak. But what comes after is just weak. Oh. Nice. Uh, all right. Nice. Hey, okay. Well, I'll go ahead and go since Eric doesn't know uh, what his rhyme is anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Gamera versus Gauss, which traits does it flout? <laughs> is it over long or boring or super strong and soaring? <laughs> I, I think I, I think we figured out that Alex was going through the the uh, alphabet like what rhymes with Gauss? What rhymes with uh, flouts? Okay. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> Eric, Eric, did I screw up your rhyme, man? No, no. I, well, I mean, I'm just going to pronounce it the way that I want to pronounce it, and we'll live with it. <laughs> this is what Alex does on a weekly basis anyway, so it's all good. I love the English. The English teacher is saying, screw language, screw pronunciation, screw just go with it. <laughs> Just go with it. So I've got, when we watch Gamera versus Gios, will the franchise make Alex want to say adios? <laughs> I, feel, I, feel like now that, <laughs> I feel like now that you guys have entered into the Gamera trilogy, you guys' rhymes have flipped suddenly, and now Eric yeah. is doing more Alex-like rhymes. <laughs> I just feel like we can do whatever we want at this point now that we're in Gamera. You know, Gamera does whatever it wants. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before we close out here, Alex, you have a weekly recommendation this week? Ooh, uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend, I don't know if I, I think I've, I don't think I've recommended Altered Carbon on Netflix. Anyone else seen it on there? Mm-hmm. Anybody? Nope. I've seen, oh, I've seen man. some of it. Yeah. 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 I've seen some so of it. So if you, if you want a hard sci-fi show that has an un, unbelievable budget, uh, I would give I would give Altered Carbon a shot. It, it's got some really inter- it asks a lot of really interesting questions and it tackles a lot of sci-fi stuff that I haven't really seen uh, anywhere else. Uh, and I'm, I'm about done. It's only two seasons. I think each season's about eight episodes, and then there's an animated movie as well. But uh, give it a shot. Uh, Altered Carbon on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, as always, guys, as we finish out here, you can follow us on Twitter at MVM underscore pod. We're on Letterboxd, Alex Cornett and Eric Neely. 
You can email us, mvmpod at gmail.com. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mvmpod and receive regular bonus content. And if you feel so led, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Your review really does help. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornett. Special thanks to our wives, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, Senor Honda, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week, try, try to stay, stay alive. alive. Bye, guys. Peace out. point we would like to welcome in not one but two what eric what did you write <laughs> special travis's travis's <laughs> my true feelings are coming out about travis i guess <laughs> the, the name travis is written like four times in that introduction I see how it is, guys. It I'm really just going to leave. If no one wants me here, I'm just going to go. <laughs> see if I ever come back again. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. All right. Game face. Eric. All right. Uh, do you? All right. You got it, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, we would like to welcome not one, but two special guests to the podcast. Michael, a returning, a returning Travis. (laughs) (laughs) Eric, were you drunk when you wrote these notes? Come on, man. <laughs> Alright, I'll, I'll be right back. Hang on a second. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, this this is some golden B roll material, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I just like to- I like the idea that any word can be replaced with Travis. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I can open the door. (laughs) It says, it says, it says, and our featured Travis. It says, and our featured Travis. What is he doing? All right. Sorry, guys. It says, and our featured Travis and Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Let's fix Oh, sweet Jesus. All right. Oh. I, I had to go get another drink after that. That's where I went for a second. I think based on these notes, you've had enough. Yeah. yeah I, know. I have never seen my name written down so many times. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. That's bad. Oh.
<laughs> All right, Eric. Okay. Ooh. All right. You got this. Okay, for real. I can't make, make this through without laughing now. <laughs> you might as well write write down the time, Alex. Four minutes. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Ooh. All right. At this point, we would like to watch. <laughs> 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 would you would you like me to introduce us into the thing? <laughs> oh man! Okay, I can do it. Can Hello do it. and welcome to the Monsters vs. Men podcast, the podcast. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh. Head head shock your listeners. That's not Eric. <laughs> All right. (laughs) 